quick at about noon. Oh, it is so sad to be a Sacramento Kings fan. I don't even think that's a melody or anything. I think I just made it up, and I don't know why I'm singing that here. At 5.50 in the morning, welcome to the Wednesday, hump day, August 5th edition of the podcast with Damian Barling here on the Be Heard podcast platform. We appreciate you for tuning in, supporting what we're doing, downloading, streaming, listening, all of that fantastic stuff. If you want some more Kings coverage, make sure you check out the latest episode of J Street Vibes with my man Kenny Carraway and Jason Jones. That podcast is available here for you on the Be Heard platform. If you didn't listen to the fantastic episode of the Deuce and Mo podcast yesterday with Sam Amick. I encourage you to check that out. And of course, they will have a new episode today as Deuce and Mo post Monday through Thursday. So make sure you check out everything that we got going on. And really, my man, you know, I know I talked about the dope ones before and how I'm asking you to kind of venture outside your comfort zone if you're normally just a sports fan, maybe broaden your interest a little bit and check out the Dope Ones podcast. I think the last episode he did is one of the best that he's done so far. He's five episodes in to his podcasting career and Donnie's really starting to find his groove man and I think that is just one of the better podcasts I think all of the podcasts that we have here uh, on the Be Heard platform are fantastic uh, but the but the dope ones he's 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 new to the podcast game he's new to the broadcasting game he wanted an outlet and I think Donnie Ramsey has done a fantastic job and of course he's done a fantastic job of putting together all of the amazing shirts that we have over at the dopeones.com you can check out the Damian Barlinger collection that is soon to become the Be Heard collection because not only are there shirts there for the Be Heard platform not only are there sh- the more than a podcast shirts and the various uh, different shows that we host there's also soon to come the Deuce and Mo t-shirts and we're going to get some J Street Vibe t-shirts up there. We'll get the Dope Ones podcast shirts up there uh, so you can represent what you listen to by going to the dopeones.com. Make sure you check out the rest of the amazing gear that they got on the website as well. I have stalled long enough. I feel like I could keep stalling. We could talk about UConn. There's actually a lot to talk about. Rafael Nadal's out of the open. Uh, UConn is out of the college football season. Remember the second bubble that was supposed to happen in Chicago with the NBA? The Athletic says, no, that ain't going to happen. There was some fantastic basketball in the NBA last night. Unfortunately, none of it included your Sacramento Kings. That's actually, that's a a lie on my part. My sincerest apologies. It did include the Sacramento Kings. Yesterday, early afternoon, 11.30 start. For about three quarters, you thought, woo, look at that. Okay. We played that clip from you yesterday where, Luke Walton was talking about inspiring and bringing people together with the game of basketball. When actually the question was, are you going to make any changes? He started talking about inspiration and togetherness when the question was, are you going to make any changes to the lineup? And he kind of blew past his answer. He was like, yeah, we'll look at some things, but we're looking to inspire. Uh, Okay, they did make changes. Uh, the Mighty Bielitsa was out. Corey Joseph was in. So it was Corey Joseph, De'Aaron Fox, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Rashawn Holmes, and Harrison Barnes. That was your starting lineup. They got out to a 12-4 start. It's like, hey, okay, we're seeing some inspired basketball. I can go with the Luke Walton uh, 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 prop me up speech hype mode I, I don't know that Luke Walton has hype mode but maybe maybe him talking about using basketball as a, a way to inspire people maybe that was Luke Walton's version of hype mode quarter in it was working Sacramento Kings were up 10 after giving up I think uh, I don't have the exact total I think it was a hundred thousand points in the first two quarters of games one and game two combined uh, they only gave up 27 
against Dallas. And forgive my sarcasm, I believe the actual total was 87. I think it was 43 against San Antonio and 44 uh, in the second game against Orlando. Just 27 points they gave up to the Dallas Mavericks. 37-27. Now it's like, okay, all right, things are going the way of the Sacramento Kings. And regardless of the way that Dallas is playing, you looked at this game and you thought, all right, ball movement, player movement, everything that you wanted to see from the Sacramento Kings, it was happening. Luke Walton had to be thrilled. The coaching staff had to be thrilled. Sacramento Kings fans had to be thrilled. Second quarter, eh, okay. They were outscored 29 to 23, but, you know, no no big deal. That's the way the game goes. I didn't think they played terrible in the second quarter. As a matter of fact, in the first quarter, they wound up hitting a franchise record tying nine threes. Remember that number. You won't have to remember it for very long. Franchise record tying nine threes in the first quarter for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, they The 10-point the, the lead shrank to four, as we just noted right there, but there was still plenty Plenty to be happy about. One thing, remember these numbers as well. One thing that's going to play a game-long trend here is the free-throw discrepancy. And this had players jacked up. This had fans jacked up. This had virtually everybody associated with the purple scratching their head. First half. This is just the first half numbers, by the way. Kings, five of six. Like, hey, all right. That's a good percentage. Five of six from the foul line. The Dallas Mavericks, 22 of 27. Dallas was plus 21 in the free throw discrepancy category, which is not a category. We just made it up here on the podcast. Kings were five of six. Dallas was 22 of 27. Holy smokes. Spoiler alert. For those who did not watch, it did not get any better. The game slowed down tremendously after a first quarter of 37 to 27. Uh, the game slowed down quite a bit. We mentioned the Dallas Mavericks outscored the Sacramento Kings in the second quarter, 29-23. Third quarter, 22-29 in favor of the Kings. Like Again, things really slowed down. Fourth quarter, 20-13 to 13 in favor of Dallas. And in the overtime, the two teams were running up and down the floor a bit. Uh, Dallas outscored the Sacramento Kings 19-15 to 15 on their way to a 114 110 victory. A lot of those points late from the Sacramento Kings were garbage. Like, Be- Nemanja Bielitsa hit his first shot in one of the most, you know, trash shots you could ever take. It was a legit heave that he was just trying to get in because the clock was ticking. If it went in, they, you know, they would have an opportunity. They had an opportunity late had Dallas missed their free throws. Like, when Belly, or excuse me, when Bogey hit that shot, which was his first make, Bogey was one of 15 on uh, yesterday, yesterday afternoon on Tuesday. One of 15, one of eight, and that one was the trash that he made at the end of the game. No free throws for Bogey, though that's not exclusive to Bogey. Nemanja Bielitsa played 35 minutes. Nemanja Bielitsa played 35 minutes. I'll do you one better. Buddy Heald. Played 31 minutes. Those two, we could do math here on this show. We don't like to, but we can. Those two played a combined 66 minutes, and you, you listening, you shot the same amount of free throws those two did. How is that possible? 
You want to go with some more absurdity? Corey Joseph, 42 minutes, zero free throws. Here's, here's something absurd with Corey Joseph. Why did he play 42 minutes? Not hating on Corey Joseph, but I thought Kent Bazemore was fantastic yesterday. Why was Kent Bazemore not getting more love? Why, why did Kent Bazemore in an overtime game only play 24 minutes? Kent Bazemore, nobody, to be, to be fair, nobody was knocking shots down for the Kings last night. Not at a rate to make you feel comfortable. I mean, Buddy was 8 of 20. He was 5 of 14 from the field. Now, I'm not going to pile on Buddy, though he made he did plenty of things that you could pile on. But I'll say this, a lot of the shots that he took, particularly in the first half, we'll get to the fourth quarter here in a minute, but the shots that he took in the first half, half, I was fine with. Like, he took transition threes. Like, those are shots that when Buddy hits those, it's what makes Buddy Buddy. They weren't forced. They weren't contested. They weren't, you know, off the dribble, 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 step back three. No, it was none of that. He had some spot-ups. He had some open looks. He had some transitions, and they just didn't fall. I can't be mad at that. I mean, I can, but it would be dumb. Sometimes shots just don't fall for a player. And we're three games in, and shots have yet to fall for Buddy Heald. My issue comes more with the fact that as soon as Buddy Heald enters the game, he misses his first defensive assignment, and it winds up in a Kristaps Porzingis dunk. Luke Walton immediately calls timeout. Now, the good part out of that is that you saw many of the Sacramento Kings holding each other accountable, and I'm talking about on the court. You saw them talking about who was supposed to be where. Uh, in this case, it was Buddy, and it wasn't exclusive to Buddy. This was the thing that went on all. This was the thing that went on for three quarters, where the team was very vocal. We've heard Luke Walton in the past after he checks the tape, he talks about. He needs his team to be more vocal out there, particularly on the defensive end. They were yesterday for three quarters. The Kings did a lot right yesterday for three quarters. But somehow in the fourth quarter, they managed to revert back to all of their poor tendencies. We saw Isobal De'Aaron tried to step up and blame himself for it uh, after the game, which I thought was ridiculous. He was like, oh, I took two really bad shots in the fourth quarter. And it's like, yeah, nah. Nah, bro, we ain't talking about you because I think the question, and, and I, I'm i sorry, I, I should have made note who, who who asked it to give them credit, but I think I actually think it was Marshall Harris, but he asked, uh, you guys went to a lot of iso ball in the fourth quarter, and De'Aaron made this facial expression as if, yeah, fam, that wasn't the game plan. But he, being the leader of the team, put put – Put the onus on him, and he said, yeah, I, I took a couple of bad shots. I, I just have to do better. Uh, I have to make better decisions. Yeah, De'Aaron, the question wasn't about you. The question we saw, I think we saw, uh, I think in the, in, the, in, the, in the early fourth quarter, we saw Kent Bazemore won some ISO, which was like, hey, bro, what are you doing? But everybody wanted to be the guy who took over. Everybody wanted to be the guy who got the team the W. Buddy Heald, same way. Buddy Heald, dribble, 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 step back three. What's worse about Buddy sometimes is he'll do the dribble, 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 dribble gimmick, and then he'll step back, and he'll take a long two because his feet are in the wrong place. Your foot on the three-point line is literally the worst shot in basketball because it's, 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 <laughs> it's a two-point shot where if you had just slid your foot back an inch, it's a three. Dribble, 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 step back long too. Like, come on, buddy. What is happening right now? 
You saw iso ball, possession after possession. That ball movement that we saw in the first quarter, that ball movement that we saw in the second quarter, ceased to exist. And I know I've been picking on him a lot lately, and my sincerest apologies, but the ball movement stops when Buddy comes in the game. And it's like with Buddy, you have to take the good with the bad. And when he gives you the good, boy, like if 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 he he didn't even need to, to be good yesterday, he just needed to be moderate. Don't look at his box score and think that what he did yesterday was good. Five of fourteen from three, eight of twenty from the field, twenty one points. No. Mm-mm. You just needed something moderate from him. You get a moderate performance. It doesn't matter how Bogey played, because we don't. The golden rule for the Sacramento Kings is if one of those two is good, like really good, the Sacramento Kings are going to be in a good position to win the game. But Buddy was bad yesterday. Bogey couldn't hit anything. You just needed a moderate performance. From Buddy Hill. Hell, a moderate performance from anybody else. I mean, if you had just gotten a Harrison Barnes, two of six. The, the, the one thing, you know, the one thing I'll give uh, Harrison Barnes a ton of credit for is he recognized that the team was not getting to the foul line. And on back-to-back possessions, though, one of them wasn't a shooting foul. He, he tried to get the Dallas Mavericks into the penalty, and I think this was in the fourth quarter. This was very, very early in the fourth quarter. He was penetrating to the basket. He was trying to get foul calls on back-to-back possessions. He got the call, and then and then the team went back to jump shooting. It's worth noting, Buddy wasn't in in the final minutes of the fourth quarter. Buddy actually didn't play in crunch time until overtime. Luke Walton had decided to ride Bogdan Bogdanovich out. And a lot of Kings fans, Kings fans were, uh, obviously they were quite frustrated yesterday. But a lot of Kings fans were like, why wouldn't you make the switch right there? I'd argue I'd rather have Bogdan Bogdanovich searching for his first shot with the ball movement still happening versus having Buddy on the heel, Buddy healed on the floor and risking uh, dribble, 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 step back three. Or one pass, Buddy gets the ball, Dribble, 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 dribble. Find a shot, find a shot, find a shot. Rebound. But there are so many things that you can point to that went wrong. But everything that you point to uh, happened in the fourth quarter. And it happened in overtime. Because everything that you might have been happy with as a Kings fan disappeared by the time we got to the fourth quarter. Or, uh, I, I take that back, not, not, not by the time we got to the fourth quarter. But as the fourth quarter started to play out, you looked at it and were like, oh, yep, seen this game before, uh, and it's not going well. And to add insult to injury, um, Luka Doncic went off. Just absolutely got him some. 34 points, 10 rebounds, 12 assists. Uh, He's the fourth player since the merger with 30 points, 20 rebounds, and 10 assists in a game. Uh, it's the second such game he has had this season. His 11th 30-point triple-double of the season, uh, only Russell Westbrook in 2016-17 uh, has more since 1976. Sacramento Kings, they are still looking for their first win inside the NBA bubble. They are one of three winless teams 
since the resumption of the season. The Washington Wizards have yet to win, and in a disgusting twist of fate for the Sacramento Kings, the Memphis Grizzlies uh, have yet to win. The Kings have lost five of their last six, including four straight. That, congratulations to the Sacramento Kings, is the longest active losing streak in the NBA. They now trail the Memphis Grizzlies by four games for that eight seed. And now it is the Memphis Grizzlies. The Memphis Grizzlies are no longer the Sacramento Kings concern because as the Grizzlies continue to play themselves out of it, they've got far bigger concerns. And those bigger concerns are the Blazers. Those bigger concerns are the San Antonio Spurs. Those bigger concerns right now, it's Phoenix Suns. The Kings are Western Conference bubble-wise in last place. And I look at, and I think, man, like, damn, the ringer was right. No wonder. We're, 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 we're dumb, man. That's what it is. We're dumb. We're dumb and we're blind. And we believe, like, oh, man, look at the lineup we got out there. Like, we've got, we've got Kent Bazemore. And I'm sparing you the press game conferences, by the way. It, it said exactly what you thought it would say. Luke Walton, you know, bitched and complained about 50 free throws. He, he took... Very, he took little to no responsibility uh, for the team shooting uh, 50 free throws versus, uh, or, um, what was it? Now I got to pull the numbers back up, sorry. Uh, but he took very little responsibility for his team 12. I, I didn't even give you the final numbers. My apologies, I gave you the first half numbers. The final numbers, the Dallas Mavericks were 39 of 50 and the Sacramento Kings were 8 of 12. 8 of 12. I've got Sean Cunningham's Twitter account pulled up. Let's hear it. I'll, I'll, I'll play for you what Luke Walton said yesterday post game. Well, um, we missed some shots. I thought that when Rashawn fouled out that hurt, we got a little stagnant out there. Um, but we got some clean looks. We just, you know, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't make many of them. And then, um, like, all, all game long, they kept going the foul line. I, I've never seen a 50 free throw game before I think it was 50 to 12 something along those lines so um we thought our whole whole team was in foul trouble all night it was it was tough to keep a rhythm going um but uh you know I'll take a look at it at, at the tape when I get home but that that's I've never I've never seen anything like that before let's let's be clear I'm confident maybe the ref's whistle got a little heavy for Dallas but even if it did the fact is, one, the Kings don't penetrate the basket. They regularly don't, don't get to the foul line. That's the thing with Luke Walton talking about, oh, 50 to 12. I can't believe it. For the Sacramento Kings to shoot 12 free throws in a game is not unusual. Now, maybe it's unusual for the opponent to go to the foul line 50 times, but that's a credit to the Dallas Mavericks. That's a credit to Rick Carlisle. That's a credit to Kristaps Porzingis, who shot 11 free throws. That's a credit to Luka Doncic, who shot 11 free throws. 11 free throws. The 50 number is unusual, but the number Luke Walton needs to be concerned about is the 12. The 8 of 12 from the Sacramento Kings is a very regular occurrence. That's why I put no credence in all oh, the, the referees were favoring Dallas. For what? Dallas is already in the playoffs. We mean the referees were favoring. That's stupid. That's a dumb line of thinking. This number, this 12, is very normal for the Sacramento Kings. And that, that's the concern. That should be the concern of Luke Walton. The 12, not the 50. 
Don't be concerned with the 50. You need to be concerned with the 12. That number needs to be significantly higher, and I don't know how many seasons in a row we have been talking about the Sacramento Kings' inability to get to the free throw line. It seems to be penetrating to the basket is just something they don't practice. Buddy wants to be a shooter. It, it, I still find it phenomenal. Belly plays so far out of the paint, he doesn't get he he, he doesn't draw fouls. Monty Bielitsa didn't start, played 35 minutes yesterday, he didn't get a single foul call. Not one. 13 rebounds yesterday. Not a single foul call. That's it. That is freaking extraordinary. Absolutely incredible. Rashawn Holmes led the Kings in free throw attempts. Rashawn Holmes, who you just heard Luke Walton say, fouled out in the fourth quarter, 25 minutes, led the team in free throw attempts with four. Eight points, 12 rebounds, six fouls, four free throw attempts for Rashawn Holmes. Goodness, man. Oh, last yesterday's game was so frustrating. So frustrating. And you could... And and I and and it wasn't until midway through the fourth, even even as the you know Dallas had crept closer, the game had kind of gone back and forth. Dallas had tied it once. Kings had gone back up. I thought the Kings had the game under control. I thought there was a lot that had gone wrong for them, and I thought there was going to be a lot they were going to have to deal with out the after the game. But I thought they were going to get their first win yesterday. I even gave you the stat yesterday, like a complete effing moron. I gave you the stats about Dallas in close games. Entering yesterday, Dallas was 2-10 and 10 in games decided by three points or less. They were 14-23 and 23 in games that enter clutch time. Clutch time, remember, defined with a game within five in the final five minutes. Well, add one to the win column because they got that done. Uh, they got the job done. And now the Kings are going to be left searching for answers against the New Orleans Pelicans. And that game, I think that's a... Is that the 10.30 start? Yeah, it's 10.30 start tomorrow. So I'll try to have tomorrow's podcast posted nice and early for you so you can you know, get it listened to before. See, that, that, that's the thing I hate about these early games is this show becomes dated really quickly. So I'll, I, I mean, I already post the podcast at 7 a.m. I don't know how many of you get up before 7 a.m., but I'll try to get it posted as early as possible for you uh, so the show doesn't become dated by noon. But it'll be the Kings and the Pelicans uh, tomorrow. We'll get you ready for it. I mean, I don't know what to say. The Pelicans got their first win uh, of the season a, a couple of nights ago at the hands of the Memphis Grizzlies. And I guess now we got to point out, you know, it, when it rains, it pours for the Memphis Grizzlies. They're going to lose Jaron Jackson uh, for the remainder of the restart here as he has a meniscus tear in his left knee. Uh, Sharon Jackson Jr. had been played really, really well for the first three games. That's one of the bizarre things about the Memphis losing is the fact that uh, Jaron Jackson has been averaging 25.3 points per game. Uh, he had 33 against the Portland Trailblazers on Friday. Uh, his season average was 17.4, so he had had a fantastic restart. Uh, but he is... He's going to be out for the remainder of uh, the restart, and that is just another another crushing blow for Memphis. And now with Jaron Jackson out, with seeing what the Portland Trailblazers are doing, seeing what the Phoenix Suns are doing, seeing what the San Antonio Spurs are doing, starting to get into the mindset of, well, it's not going to be the Kings. Who would you rather see in it? 
because I don't think it's going to be the Kings. Of course, the Kings have two games against the New Orleans Pelicans in which they can make some noise. Unfortunately, after three games here at the bubble, you don't really have any. That's the difficulties with this. When you, That's the difficulties with math. Mathematically, Kings still got a, they still got a great chance. Not a great chance. They still got a chance because of those two games against the Memphis Grizzlies or because of those two games, excuse me, against the New Orleans Pelicans. But the problem is the Pelicans, they're not the team that's, that's put themselves in a great position. It's the Portland Trailblazers. And the Houston Rockets and Russell Westbrook in the gang did no favors for the Sacramento Kings last night as the Portland Trailblazers got the win 110-102. to I love Russell Westbrook uh, more than I love any other player in the NBA, man, but it was just not a night for him. Not only was he 5 of 14 from the field, that's not unusual. We've seen Russell Westbrook have off nights before. Not particularly a big deal. He'll try to shoot his way out of it. But more importantly for Russell Westbrook, when he is shooting that way, he knows I've got to get to the foul line. I've got to get my point somewhere. I've got to help this team win. He got to the foul line yesterday. The bizarre stat from last night's Blazers-Rockets game was not Russell Westbrook being 5 of 14 from the field. It was Russell Westbrook being 5 of 12 from the foul line. His 15 points snapped a streak of 36 straight 20-point games. It was tied for the second longest such streak in franchise history and was the longest in NBA history by a player in his 12th season or later. The Rockets allowed the Rockets allowed 64 rebounds in consecutive non-overtime games for the first time since 1971. That's a hell of a stat. The Rockets and the Jazz now have identical records uh, with Houston holding the tiebreaker. Yusuf Nurkic, he had 18 points, 19 rebounds. Uh, he's averaging 22 points per game uh, and 12 rebounds in uh, the first three games of the season. Of course, he's returning uh, from that leg injury. Um, and now Portland. Now Portland. God, sometimes you just got to own the stupid shit you say. I said Portland and San Antonio. Eh. Portland, San Antonio, Phoenix. Meh. Mm-mm. And again, it wasn't because I don't like the Trailblazers. I love Dame Lillard. I love CJ McCollum. I have a tremendous amount of respect for Terry Stotts. I didn't think they were interested in this. Apparently, I misread there. There's got to be a better plan out there. I completely misread that. They've taken this plan. They're all here, and now they're... This is... this what, the, 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 the way the Trailblazers are playing right now, this is what I was expecting during the regular season. I kept waiting and waiting and waiting, and maybe it's because Yusuf which was gone, and I didn't give him enough credit. I didn't give him enough uh, stock as to what he means for the Portland Trailblazers team. Carmelo Anthony with the big three last night, too. Oh, my gosh. Melo in clutch time. But the Trailblazers now are a game and a half back from the Memphis Grizzlies. We're looking at a situation where Portland might just snatch the eight seed away from Memphis, go into a playing game against them, and only have to beat them once. Or we're looking at a situation where things continue to go wrong for the Memphis Grizzlies, as they did yesterday with the loss of Jaron Jackson Jr., 
if the Pelicans beat the Kings twice, we could look at a situation where it's actually Portland versus New Orleans in the 8 versus 9 matchup. The Phoenix Suns have yet to lose. You hear what I'm saying? The Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker at the buzzer with, with, with Paul George all in his face. Like, I mean, in his, you could not, if you have not seen the slow motion clip of Devin Booker's three-pointer yesterday, or excuse me, not three-pointer, if, if, uh, of Devin Booker's game winner yesterday. Go out of your way, not just to see the shot. I'm sure you all have seen the shot. Go out of your way to see the slow motion of Paul George closing in in his face. And Devin Booker still hits the shot. Mmm. 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 Man. That was money from Devin Booker yesterday. And like if you're Paul, like if you're Paul George, very literally, in every sense of the word, there is nothing else you could have possibly done. But throws the outlet away, and the Suns have it. Six to play. Booker, this is for the win. Got it! Wow! <laughs> really not the most exciting call of all time. Shot by Devin Booker right there. Oh, Booker. It's cash, boy. Oh, my God. Gosh, you have got to see this slow motion replay that they're about to show with Paul George's. Paul George is looking at him like you've got to be. The closeout by Paul George is just extraordinary. He's such a phenomenal defender. Even Kawhi was like, you can't be serious. Like Kawhi's reaction to this is gold. Like you've got to be kidding me. Kawhi, he get, Booker gets past Kawhi and hits the shot over Paul George. Man, I can't say enough great things about this game winner. What a shot by Devin Booker, man. And what a job by Monty Williams. Imagine if Monty Williams was available when Luke Walton was hired as the head coach. Imagine if Monty Williams had at least had the opportunity to interview with the Sacramento Kings organization and talk about what he can do for this franchise. Imagine a coach the caliber. Imagine a coach like Monty Williams who can get the most out of his young players. Imagine a discipline, a disciplinarian. Imagine a guy who can push his players to be better like Monty Williams can. Imagine having a coach who's not worried about being all buddy-buddy. I got a great text the other day uh, on the text line, 916-888-5898. And I thought, and, and while I don't know the nature of the relationship between Luke Walton and his players, Luke Walton gives off the parent who wants to be his kid's friend vibe. And while my, you know who Monty Williams reminds me of? And maybe that's because, you know, Monty Williams' most, you know, the most tragic moment in Monty Williams' life is very, very public. But he reminds me of Tony Dungy. He reminds me of that guy who gets the most out of his players. He reminds me of that guy who motivates. He doesn't scream and yell and throw a tantrum and cuss and do anything like that. He's not super demonstrative like a, 
a Tom Thibodeau or, or, or any of those other guys. He's, he believes you can get your point across in a certain way. And his players listen. You can, you can argue, and it will be a long mother effing argument when you argue about all of the players that the Kings missed in the draft, when you argue about all of the things that the Kings should have done roster-wise. But in two years, we may be looking at the biggest mistake the Sacramento Kings have made in recent history. Well, none will be bigger than the guy that they didn't draft a couple of years ago. But after that, we're going to be looking at Monty Williams and what he's done with that young Phoenix Suns team and realize, man, didn't even interview him. Didn't even give him an interview. Suns win 117 to 115. Devin Booker, 35 points along uh, with that game winner right there. 25 games this season with 30-plus points for Devin Booker. That's the second most in a single season in Suns history. The Suns now trail the Grizzlies by three games. They started six games behind. And now here they are, three games, of course, three straight wins for Phoenix, three straight losses uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies. And we're starting to look at a situation here where we don't have to, like now we get, the Phoenix Suns are a game and a half back from Portland. Now we've got to start watching Phoenix. Dude, God bless the Phoenix Suns, man. I, I, you, when you do this, when you talk sports and you put yourself out there in front of the world, you've got to acknowledge all the stupid things that you've said. I've said Phoenix didn't have a chance. I said San Antonio wasn't interested. I questioned whether Portland was interested. And all three of those shitty-ass takes are going on my Mount Rushmore right now. As a matter of fact, I can give you my Mount Rushmore of poor takes this NBA season. Because it involves those three and Dallas, a team that I didn't think would be as good as they were this year. Because for some reason... I completely discounted or didn't think of as I was giving that horrible take about Dallas might still be a year away. Dallas might still have a learning curve. I did not give, uh, probably because I'm not familiar with it on an intimate basis, I didn't give that coaching staff enough credit. Rick Carlisle and that staff in Dallas is phenomenal. And much like what Monty Williams has been attempting to do all year and what we're seeing come to fruition here in the bubble is he gets the most out of his players. Dallas not being good. Uh, Portland not competing. San Antonio wanting to get this season over with. And Phoenix not necessary, not deserving to be in the bubble. Those are my four worst takes of the NBA season. And I own them all. I'll put them on Mount Rushmore right here in the Palatial Podcast Studios. In Natomas, California in the front room of my house. It wasn't even the most shocking win yesterday. The, 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 the Brooklyn Nets beat the Bucks yesterday. I don't care how many minutes Giannis Antetokounmpo played. I don't care how many minutes the Bucks regulars played. The fact is, they're still the Bucks. That team is still incredibly deep. And the Brooklyn Nets signed seven, seven replacement players. And they walked out there and they beat the best team in basketball yesterday. They were 19-point underdogs. 19-point underdogs. It is the third largest upset over the past 30 
seasons. And it pulls the Nets into a tie with the Orlando Magic for seventh place. Now, while while Brooklyn beat the Bucs yesterday, I don't think they necessarily want to play them for four games. Uh, the bad news is uh, the person, the team, that does not get the eighth seed to face the Brooklyn Nets, they get the seventh seed to face the Toronto Raptors, and that's just as much trouble. There is a whole lot of trouble at the top of uh, the Eastern Conference there for the Brooklyn Nets, though I don't think anybody expects the Brooklyn Nets or the Orlando Magic to compete once the playoffs begin. Uh, but that was just a, uh, a spectacular uh, a spectacular win for the Brooklyn Nets. Now the Bucks, if you go back to the res- regular season, they've lost six of their last eight games, though I don't put any credence into that. Three losses were by double digit during that span. Again, I put no credence into that. Uh, because most of those games go back to before the season uh, shut down. If I recall correctly, the number of straight losses for the Brooklyn Nets before the season came to an end was three. I think they had lost three straight games. They were dealing with injuries, and their hopes at 70 wins, or, or you know, the thought of winning 70 games, had just kind of evaporated there at that point. Uh, but big-time performances from the Brooklyn Nets, big-time performance from Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns uh, and the Portland Trailblazers with a big-time victory against the against the Houston Rockets. Unfortunately, yesterday, um, one of the games on the docket was the Sacramento Kings, and we just didn't get the performance from them uh, that you hoped that they would. The Pacers beat Orlando yesterday. Uh, fun little game with the Heat and the Celtics. Uh, is the Heat get the win? 112-106. Uh, to 106. That rounds out your NBA action. From yesterday, uh, I want to remind you, grab your t-shirts, more than a podcast t-shirt over at thedopeones.com. Patreon is still live. It's still going. I know, though, I don't publicize it as much as I used to. Getting ready to do an episode of the wrestling podcast. I was too hard on Raw Underground. That was unfair of me. I, th- I mean, not, not, I don't change my mind on it. I thought it was bad. But I credit them for attempting something new. And maybe if they can work out the kinks, it could be an entertaining portion of the program moving forward. I have my doubts, but it might have been a bit unfair to trash them because you've got to try something different while you have no fans. I just read a report yesterday that WWE is attempting to move SummerSlam to Atlantic City, which is interesting because the maximum amount of people that you could have in a building in Atlantic City right now, is 25. So I'm not exactly sure what Vince McMahon and company are trying to accomplish. I think them having their development talent at the Performance Center, wearing masks, and making noise actually adds quite a bit uh, to their programming. It works. It's not perfect, but it works, and you're making the best of a bad situation. So I was too hard on Raw Underground. I didn't think it was good. Uh, I have my doubts of as to whether it's going to be good, but they they should be applauded for attempting uh, something new, and we'll give it another week or two and see how it turns out. Uh, so Patreon.com, uh, if you just want to support the show, if you want to check out episodes of Be Conscious, uh, or if you want to subscribe to the Weekly Wrestling Podcast, that's Patreon.com 
slash Damian Barling. The Chicago Sky continue to play well. Four and one so far in the WNBA season. All five starters yesterday in their 82 to 79 win over the Dallas Wings scored in double figures. Arike Gumbawale, the NCAA tournament star from several years back, had a game high 26 points, five assists, 16 consecutive games with 15 plus points dating back to last season. Courtney Vandersloot. Uh, rumored to be the long-lost daughter of John Stockton. I'm just kidding. Don't spread that on social media. Though she plays a lot like John Stockton. 14 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds. And I say that because it was once a rumor that Courtney, Courtney Vandersloot was uh, the long-lost daughter of John Stockton. Though, is, though there is absolutely zero evidence to support that. The way that they play, you wouldn't be surprised. Hey, we talked about, uh, I had mentioned this at the top of the show, and we haven't talked about this for a while. And quite honestly, I had forgotten completely about it. You remember when they announced, you know, the Disney World bubble? Remember they announced the restart for the NBA? There was a belief, or at least there was a negotiation. There was planning for a potential second bubble. A second NBA bubble, perhaps in Chicago. Chicago was the front-running city for the eight franchises that weren't invited to Orlando to have, uh, like, mini camps and inter-squad scrimmages. Well, the Athletic reported yesterday that there is growing belief amongst the NBA's eight franchises that aren't in Orlando that that second bubble is not going to happen. There is even a belief that in-market minicamps or group workouts, uh, that they're not going to be happening either. Uh, One GM told the Athletic, there's nothing happening. It's a huge deterrent to these eight franchises that were left behind. It's a shame. Obviously, you, everybody understands, well, everybody except the NFL, understands the gravity of the health situation uh, that we're in. Uh, but these eight franchises, uh, allegedly, particularly I'm sure the general managers and the coaches, are a bit frustrated because there could be, if this, if this, if this report from The Athletic proves to be accurate and there's no, there's no second bubble and there's no in-market minicamp, these teams are looking at a potential March to maybe at earliest December. March to December with no organized team activities. With no minicams, no inter-squad scrimmages, no practices. And all of that, and, and, and that is all completely outside the fact that these front offices are going to have to navigate a draft now that saw the cancellation of the NCAA tournament and most of Champ Week. Now, that's one thing in the NFL for, you know, teams to have to evaluate players, uh, you know, not through in-person workouts, have to evaluate stuff through Zoom and all of those different types of things. But there are no one-and-dones in football. You've got a load of game field to go through. Like, I'll go back to the, to the line Bruce Arian said. Bruce Arian said this when there was, you know, uh, when there was – controversy when there were when there was upheaval about whether the draft should take place whether the draft should be postponed so teams have more time to 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 analyze and study players and study films and it's not fair that we can't have these 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 workouts in person meanwhile Bruce Arians was like if we've got a draft tomorrow we'll be ready we've done our work we know how to do this that's because there's there's three years mostly usually 
There's a lot of film to look through. There's a lot of games to look through. There's a lot of big-time moments to look through. If you're an NBA front office, you've got to evaluate players who missed the biggest moment of the year, missed the second biggest moment of the year with the conference championships, and most of them, a large percentage of them, are one-and-done guys. That's, that's, that's going to be... This is going to be one hell of a draft. It's going to be a difficult draft uh, to predict. Uh, but the UConn Huskies, as we roll along here and get ready to wrap things up, the UConn Huskies, they said, we're good. We are out. UConn becomes the first FBS football program uh, to announce they have suspended their 2020 season because of the COVID-19 pandemic. The UConn Huskies, the first FBS program to suspend its football season. That news uh, just came out here very early this morning. Uh, So we'll see who follows suit. We know what's going on with the Pac-12 players. Uh, We know that the Pac-12 players are trying to get the attention of the Pac-12 schools uh, in regards to playing during this pandemic. Um, We've seen the ACC, the SEC, and I think we just saw one more announce a, 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 a I, I'm missing one. I know I'm missing one. Someone just announced a, um, a conference schedule, but it was, it was like a, it was a nine game conference schedule plus like one extra game. And I, and I can't remember who it was. Was it, maybe it was the big 10. The big 10 announced that Michigan and Ohio state will be on October 24th a month earlier than it normally takes place. The Big Ten announced they are going to start in a month. What world does the Big Ten live in? A 10-game conference-only schedule that begins on Labor Day. Wow. Michigan and Ohio State, we mentioned October 24th. It'll be the first time since 1942 that the rivalry did not take place at the end of the regular season. So we'll just get to see Ohio State slap blue around a little bit earlier in the calendar year. Dude, I just don't see it. I don't don't want to end the show on a pessimistic note, but I just don't see it. I don't see how any of this happens. Rafael Nadal will skip the U.S. Open uh, because of the, well, you know why. It's, it, I don't even need to say why. Um, but Rafa's out of the Open, and that stinks. And I guess we'll wrap up there, man. I, I just keep looking at these. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at all of this college football stuff, man, and I just I don't, I don't see how this happens. I mean, it's one thing for the NFL to happen. It's one thing for these guys to put their health at risk. And, you know, you can, however you feel about the COVID-19 virus, whether you feel that it's deadly or not, whether you feel that it's serious or not, and I don't think anybody listening to this program doesn't think that it's serious. But it's one thing for grown men to make that decision for themselves. And, yeah, 21-year-olds are grown men and 22-year-olds are grown men. But come on, man. These dudes are college students. But they are cash cows for their universities. And that's what this all boils down to. 
boils down to the Pac-12 networks, boils down to the SEC networks and the Big Ten networks and all of those different networks and them getting their money. And then, of course, good old Philip Fulmer. We're going to put 100,000 people in Neyland Stadium. That's my, I think that's my default voice. My Vince McMahon voice is my default voice for someone saying something stupid. Imagine saying that the Phoenix Suns would not win during the restart. You got to be able to poke fun at yourself sometimes, man. And I am just owning all sorts of bad takes during this NBA restart and this NBA season as a whole. But you keep coming back. And for that, I am so grateful. Thank you for tuning in today. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll get you ready. I'll, I promise I'll have tomorrow's episode. I don't promise. I'll try. For those of you who get up really freaking early, I'll try to have tomorrow's episode posted a little bit earlier so the content doesn't become super dated by the time the Kings hit. Maybe I'll just avoid talking about the Kings tomorrow. Therefore, uh, when the game is over, you can come back and listen to this podcast and you won't feel like you're listening to something that's super old. Uh, But make sure you check out the latest episode of the J Street Vibes. They cover the Kings and the Mavericks. Uh, in full detail, that's here on the Be Heard platform. Make sure you switch over. Check out the latest episode of the Deuce and Mo podcast if you didn't have an opportunity to hear Deuce and Mo's conversation with Sam Amick. Strongly encourage you to go check that out. And uh, if you want more breakdown, if you want more film talk, you can head over to the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by Hoopball and the Hoopball Podcast Network. I recorded that immediately following the Sacramento Kings and Dallas Mavericks. Therefore, I was yelling a lot. I apologize for that. I was yelling at you. I was yelling with you. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Thank you for your support here of the podcast. Thank you for your support of the Be Heard platform. We'll see you here tomorrow on the podcast with Damian Barling.